Welcome, welcome back, everybody, to next edition of the Hector and Mike Experience. Uh, some common sense in a very uncommon world these days. And one of the things that's been common in our life for the last year and a half is the ups and downs of COVID in our communities and the impact that it's had on our economy and businesses and church and school. And, and when we first thought everything was uh, now moving in the right direction, we find that suddenly there's a shift in the wrong direction. I think I saw yesterday that the uh, increase day over day was actually 50% increase in COVID cases reported around the country. Uh, more um, hospitalizations, uh, more people becoming infected, and uh, now more repercussions of that with masks and, and what have you. So uh, it's clear that COVID isn't going away. Hector, uh, how do you think this is going to impact our businesses, our schools, and you know all of the uh, the public things that are happening these days? Because people sure are getting out. Well, Mike, yeah, as you, as you got more people that are that are going out, that are you know enjoying um, what has been more than a year of being you know stuck at home or having to have that six you know six feet of distance between one another. Um, we're beginning to see more variants out there, um, and in some of these variants, you know, you got LA County officials that are reporting that for a fourth straight day, um, you've got a thousand new COVID cases that that have come out, um, and so what you're getting is you're getting a lot of these local public health officials that are beginning to say, hey, should we should we kind of limit what um, the interaction that people are having with with one another? Should we, you know, um, look to institute back our mask? Requirements, and you got a lot of that this, this past week, where you got the Department of Public Health, along with Cal OSHA and a couple other uh, departments, saying, "Look, if you're going to be going to school for kids that entering school this fall, it is going to be mandated that, that kids K through 12 wear a mask." But then, what we saw pretty quickly is from the governor's office and said, "Hey, wait a minute here, um, we got to change some of this. You know, we can't have or mandate that you know K through 12 kids." Um, be forced to wear a mask if they're going to be allowed in school. And so they've kind of amended their rules. And now the, what they're saying is it's up to each school district to determine whether or not they're going to allow the kids in um, if they've got a mask or not. And so there's going to be some challenges. In, and that right now what you're finding is a lot of confusion within the public as to whether um, they've got to, the kids have to wear a mask. And also you're trying to find, you're finding confusion and a, a lot of, scared businesses, you know, wondering whether the, if these numbers continue to grow as they have been growing around the state, whether this is going to lead to another shop, shutdown or partial shutdown. I mean, personally, I don't think, I don't believe there's going to be a shutdown, at least not until after the recall election. I don't think Gavin Newsom can, uh, can weather a storm of having another shutdown during that period of time. So even if the numbers were to spike up, you know, 200 or 500 or 2000%, um, there, you know, don't expect there to be a shutdown as long as we've got this recall election. Well, they, things are going to change constantly because you do have the variant that's out there, the Delta variant, which is the prevalent one here in the United States. Um, we came up to July 4th and only, you know, and, and it's interesting from a public relations standpoint how numbers can be taken one way or another. The president had set a goal of 70%. And uh, it came in at 67%, so a 3%, you know, short of the mark. And quite frankly, 67% was a good number, but, you know, it was considered a failure because of the way they framed it. But you still have 
30% or better of the population that is not getting vaccine for whatever reason. Some of it may be convenience, some of it may be accessibility, <clears throat> some of it may be people just don't trust the vaccine. Um, and you're right, you're going to see more and more things change as we go along. And I think whatever is decided now by the governor in terms of schools, in terms of businesses, uh, in terms of public safety, in terms of people having to wear masks at the state capitol, all of that will change on September 15th. I think we have, you know, it will be very clear that there is a before the recall and after the recall policy that the state has here in California. Um, and none of it is going to necessarily be based on the health and safety of people. It's going to be based on what is going to be politically palatable uh, before the recall. And that's why I think you won't see any uh, significant changes from the governor's office until the 15th. But one of the things that's interesting, getting to that 67% number, is the Biden administration now is faced with some challenges because uh, obviously the best way to prevent the spread of the disease is people getting vaccinated. It's not masks, it's people getting vaccinated. We all know that. Uh, and the fact is that now the president actually floated the idea this past week of having people in the federal government go knocking on the doors of folks that have not received a vaccine and telling them they need to get a vaccine, which I thought was was a very interesting thing. Uh, I hope those folks that have to do that or sign up for that duty, if they do it, get hazard pay. They're going to need it. Uh, you know, you just imagine <clears throat> some folks who are just so adamant against the vaccine. Someone from the government knocks on their door and says, hi, I'm from the government. I'm here to give you a shot. Well, they're going to be getting shot back. Um, but what was interesting is, and I saw this this morning, is that there was a Rasmussen poll about that idea, that policy idea of the president. And 53% of the people thought it was a bad idea. But 37% of the people thought it was a good idea. And I, I was really surprised by that because I thought it would be heavily the other way, heavily, you know, against the idea of, actually knocking. I mean, people don't like folks coming knocking on their door anyway, whether it's to sell aluminum siding or, you know, get past a religious leaflet or anything. I mean, they just, you know, there's just this, you know, they don't like people knocking on their door, strangers knocking on their door. Can you imagine someone knocking on the door saying, hi, I'm from the, the Biden-Harris administration. I'm here to give you your shot. It's not, it's not going to go nice. It's not going to go well. Um, and I think that's part of it, too, is we've got to, the approach before was get this, this vaccine to the market as quickly as possible and not necessarily efficiently, just quickly. Now we're not only going to have these 30% of the population not vaccinated, but there's a lot of people, um, you know, that are fairly soon, like within the next few months, going to have to be looking at going and getting another vaccine as a booster shot for the variants that are out there, um, the folks that got it early on in the year. And so, you know, having a delivery system that's a little bit easier than what we had before, that that is uh, maybe not as costly, I think that's going to be a key thing if we can find a way to do that a little bit more efficiently. And um, it's going to be 
it's a, it's a looming thing on the horizon. Up until now, I think the COVID distribution has been a great success thing for the Biden administration to tell, even though they didn't hit the 70% mark. But as those numbers creep up, as more and more people get infected, as less and less people want to, um, you know, be avail themselves of the vaccine, and you see the numbers continue to go up, they, that success that they've had is, is got a good potential for taking a downward turn. And Mike, I, it also seems as though, you know, you've got the governor this in California, you've got governors in other states who all came out and kind of did, kind of did their, you know, a little bit of a carnival kind of uh, parade out there. Uh, you know, we're going to give people, you know, free tickets over to go to Six Flags Magic Mountain. We're going to give, you know, um, individuals money to money to go out and get vaccinated, you know, like a lottery pool. Mm -hmm. I just seems as people as all these governors or even the Biden administration is kind of running out of ideas of how to try to get people vaccinated. But and it's not just about people getting vaccinated as you talked about, you know, other individuals, you know, as we're getting you know toward the toward fall, where will we need a booster shot, you know, and now you've got a whole now you gotta start this whole process all over again. But the thing is that you know, as you mentioned over in the state capitol, the reason that they're now requiring in the California state capitol people who go in there to be to be fully masked is because out of a, a large portion of individuals who were already vaccinated, a portion of them got COVID. And right. so here you here you have because of the variants individuals who were already vaccinated who ended up contracting, you know, COVID nineteen and so yeah, this this is going to pose a lot of a lot of problems. Um, I know we in the, and I, I found it you know kind of interesting, and I know it's kind of a tangent here, but you had the Biden administration who also you know earlier um, I believe it was last month or the month before that you know wanted to launch an investigation as to whether you know from on China as to whether or not they're the ones who ended up releasing this um, this virus, and you know should we find them culpable or not? But uh, you know, if this, if this thing ends up hitting back our economy, if it starts closing things back down, you know, right now you're, you're dealing with a lot of money um, going to EDD, uh, unemployment, unemployment benefits being paid out. You've got businesses that are beginning to open up. A lot of them are struggling just to find employees to, to stay open. Some of these businesses that we've talked before have had to shut down, close down some of their hours. They don't have enough staff. There's this place over in Roseville that put up a sign that said, you know, hey, Please be patient with us. You know, we uh, because of the government handouts, we haven't been able to hire enough employees, and so you add all this together, and it's it seems as though it's going to be a very difficult winter um, for people across the nation, especially here in California. I I would not pretend or pretend to be a doctor, um, and I'm not Dr. Fauci, but I'm going to sit here and guarantee you that we're going to need booster shots because this thing, you know, from I thought it was from a bat. Isn't that what they told us last year? And we all believed them. You know, there was some bat flying around in the fish market. Or, 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 someone, or someone ate a bat or something. Yeah, someone ate a bat. Yeah, that's what it was. <laughs> <laughs> it's terrible when you get a bad bat. Uh, but it's it, the variant is such that, and, and they said it from the beginning, even the shots, even if there wasn't a variant that's out there, the, the shot itself, you would need a, a booster. So, you know, probably sometime late fall, they're going to have to start dealing with that mechanism. Uh, and, you know, there are things out there, I will tell you, I, I mean, that there are things out there that are being done that could deliver the vaccine in a quicker, without a shot, do it sublingually under the tongue, 
um, doing micro doses so that you know a woman that weighs 100 pounds gets the proper dose for her as opposed to getting the same dose as a guy that weighs 250 pounds those things are in the works by private companies um, I'm familiar with at least one of them and that would help make that delivery system a whole lot better but there's no doubt that there's going to be a need not only to increase the number of folks vaccinated but to do the booster shot and or else it's going to it's going to start winning again and if it starts winning again we go back to where we were and that would be devastating for this administration they got enough problems on the horizon um, it would be devastating to them it would be devastating to our economy which by the way in case anybody hasn't noticed you know the the consumer price index this month I think is up five point almost five and a half percent on the goods and you know the cost for goods and services that we buy whether it's houses um, gas bread milk um, clothes medicines it's the highest increase since 2008 and anybody that remembers that far back knows what a great economic year 2008 was. Um, so, you know, we, we, there's some real storm clouds brewing. They do not, this country absolutely does not need to be going backwards on COVID. And, and you're right. And I think there's a good transition over to, to kind of the next topic we want to talk about, which you said there's storm clouds brewing, but uh, not storm clouds over for Richard Branson, who uh, this past week launched himself 53 miles to the edge of space. Um, you know, obviously he came back. Uh, he was boarded Virgin Galactic. Um, at the end of July, you've got Jeff Bezos, the founder of Amazon, that's looking to launch himself. And Elon Musk has now indicated that he wants to start planning to launch a civilian crew into space later this year. And you know, looking to start um, what is what he calls space tourism. So I think we've, you know, we've got a, a situation where you got a bunch of billionaires wanting to take their millionaire friends over to space, um, and it's, it's it seems it seems bizarre, um, you know, looking at the pictures, and and I say it seems bizarre. I, I think first of all, I think the, the fact that we can we can launch folks into space, I think that in itself is kind of cool. Um, but yet, like here in California, we've got you know just the same week where we've got these billionaires, these billionaires and millionaires looking to get into space. You're looking at California that's looking to ban the use of leaf blowers and lawn borers um, that help people make a living in this state. Well, it's, uh, there's a whole bunch of things here. There's, there's the whole Star Trek thing to boldly no, go where no man has gone before. Um, I don't think that they were thinking of Richard Branson doing that or, you know, getting launched into space. I think of Alice Cramden from the Honeymooners, you know, Jackie Gleason was going to send her to the moon. Um, all of which could have been done with absolutely no impact on the carbon footprint of, of the world. So they, they may have had a better idea than what these guys have. Uh, you, you know, it's it was interesting because I read an article, um, and, and I, well, let me just point one thing out, which I think is interesting. I was reading this article about the space travel, and then when I got done reading that article, I went to some other page, and a pop-up ad comes up, for buying stock in companies that are going to put people into space. And I thought, you know, well, they, there you go. Um, you know, they are going to start a cottage industry in this thing. But I read an article, and, and the thing that was most poignant about it was uh, comments by a, an astronaut who said that, you know, the astronauts would go into space, they look back on Earth, and they would talk about 
how they were hoping that what they were doing was going to have discoveries that would help on the planet, that would help grow crops where crops aren't able to grow, that would help create energy alternatives where there isn't enough energy to sustain things, to make life better on earth for everybody and especially for those that are struggling. And this is just the, you know, this is like a big plaything to these folks. There is, there is, the, the travel, the scientific part of it is, I'm sure, a lot of fun and pretty amazing. But, there, you know, you have to ask the question, what is the intrinsic value to this thing? Um, and the cost, you know, I'm, I'm not a tree hugger by any stretch of the imagination, but the CO2 emissions for, you know, whatever Branson calls his, his thing, I forget what he called it, but the CO2 emissions. And when you read the story that their press people put out, it was like, well, we're going to pay the emissions cost. Well, carbon, carbon, yeah, carbon, credits, carbon yeah. credits, yeah, carbon credits, right. Um, you know, I got a couple of donut credits and that's about as good as I do, but carbon credits mean nothing. I mean, the damage is already done. And like you said, the, the nonsense, you know, where is the common sense? It's okay for these big players to take their big money and create bigger and bigger toys to play with that go out into space. But when a guy who's trying to make a living for his wife and his kids, who's a gardener in Southern California that, you know, is working day and night, six days a week, you know, has his lawnmower and his leaf blower, he gets, you know, crapped on by the government here saying you're polluting the atmosphere. But they don't say anything to those guys that are shooting rockets into space so they can get a few jollies for 35 seconds up in space. You know, I mean, there's a, it's a, it's a double, a double system if there ever was one. Totally well, lack of know, sense. Once well, the, these are the people that uh, a lot of these politicians end up palling around with, and you know, and want to go hang out with, and so this whole well, idea a, of the carbon. There's credit. a few. I have a list. If any of them want to get shot into space, I have a list of folks. <laughs> I'm more than happy to put on the ship. Because both sides well, of the aisle. Could, well, you know. <laughs> Here's the thing is that I was reading that the cost for this tourism is expected to be somewhere about 200000 to 250000 per seat, you know, to, to go up there. Now, they do expect this to be maybe a $20 billion industry that they can create, but it, it just, it seems bizarre, you know, um, it, especially with what's happening in California. And I'm just wondering what Democrat, you know, member, maybe we should, we should give this to a Republican member to make the suggestion that if you are going to use an aircraft that goes into space, it's got to be all you know, solar powered, you know, they want to make everything else, right. you know, carbon neutral, they want to make everything else or electric, right? They're looking at ban yeah. cars in California, ban the combustion engine. Well, let's make these, you know, shuttles that they send into space. Well, you can only use the sun. That's it. And if you can get up there, great. If not, we just got to build a giant slingshot and get you up there. And, and don't worry about coming back. We'll be fine. <laughs> Enjoy the view. Send Enjoy us a postcard. <laughs> You know, <laughs> well, we got a well, lawnmower waiting for you when you get back. We'll run you over. Well, I think, I think, and I think you're, you know, to kind of go back and go on that a little bit more. I think it is a travesty. You've got a lot of folks that, you know, like we talked about, you got these businesses that are beginning to open up. You had millions of people on the unemployment line. Some of them who are still there right now. You got some of them who still haven't gotten their EDD check and they've been waiting for six months to try to get their unemployment check. Right. And yet, you know, you got this week, the state legislature is looking to put a lot of these folks who, you know, who, who are gardeners um, out of business. 
or make it more difficult for them to to put you know food on the table and roof over their heads. And so it just it seems bizarre that we would be that the state would be doing this all because they want it. You know, right now it's once again you know we we got to look at climate change. We got to look at you know, ways to save the planet and so forth. What about saving jobs right now and saving some of these businesses? And it really goes, you know, to the forefront is, do you really care about the small business? Do you really care about the little guy? Or do you care more about your, you know, your progressives and your elites out there who are driving you a certain way, but yet you're willing to turn a blind eye to to this whole space travel? And, you know, what is what is the trash? What is the pollutants that are caused? Because as Jeff Bezos goes beyond our ozone layer i mean what's the damage being caused up there and why isn't anyone bringing that up right. um with, within that within that circle and you know why do you have the us two here having to bring it up um to and discuss the, it and really the question becomes what is it what is the greater good that's achieved i mean if that's what you got to do to get your jollies uh, you know there, there's there's a real question there i mean yeah it would be fun but if at, at what cost and at what benefit if they could come back and say, well, we were able to establish certain things on communication or certain things on travel or certain things on energy, then there's a greater good to the to the society. I mean, that's what the space program's about. It's not just about, you know, going into space and finding things. It's about technologies that they develop that are then brought back onto Earth and are used in our everyday life. And this has none of that. It really doesn't. And that's why I look to what you know, one of the astronauts said in commenting about this, which was when he was up there, the question he had was, what is he doing up there that's going to make life on the planet back home better? These guys aren't doing that. They're, you know, I don't know if they're drinking martinis upside down there or what, but you know, they, 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 certainly, they certainly have an interesting way of, of enjoying themselves. Me, I bet they do. Yeah, I, I, don't, I don't get it. Michael, what, you know, let's touch on the last subject we want to talk about is the infrastructure. This this is a pretty big couple of weeks coming up for a week or two coming up for the Biden administration. Um, they are they are dealing with a, a, a huge infrastructure. I think it's a one point two trillion dollar infrastructure plan. But one of the things that it, that I that I found very interesting is how they're going to pay for it, and that's been that's been the the big question surrounding this infrastructure plan. And, what you're beginning to see is a lot of division within the Democrats themselves. As this thing drags it a little bit itself closer to 2022, um, you've got you know you're going to have redistricting for a lot of these for all these lines. Um, so you've got congressional members that may find themselves in new seats, and so do they want to raise taxes right now, not really knowing what their district lines are going to look like, and you know they may have a new set of voters, which either makes them more of a Democrat in that district or makes them you know a little bit more. You know, right in the middle, uh, or you know, you got more Republican voters that go that goes into into their districts. Um, you know, this is this is where I learned that you know, infrastructure doesn't bring people together; it breaks them apart. You got the first piece of it, which is what was decided with you know, Mansion and, and Senator Cinema and, and uh, from Arizona, and you know, Republicans like Susan Collins and, and such with the White House. That was in Romney. That was the first piece. The second piece, which is what they're dealing with now, is all of the spending, the extra spending that, that the Democrats want to do. And you've got the unions that say, you know, instead of the 2.1 or whatever it is, they want it three or four, four trillion. You've got um, other special interests that are looking for their, you know, special, special uh, gift. 
you got legislators that want to hang the, something on the Christmas tree that they can bring home because, you know, no matter what year it is, it's still about bringing home the bacon. And then you got others who are looking at it saying, well, if you do this project, it's going to hurt my constituency here. So even though my fellow Democrat wants to do this, I'm going to be opposed to it because it's going to hurt one of my, you know, one of my stakeholders in my district. And I got to tell you, they got a tiger by the tail in trying to make this happen. You got Manchin who has said he's, he wants to hold cap on small on businesses at a certain percent, which is 3% less than what the uh, Biden wanted to raise it to. I think, you know, he said it at 24 and Biden wanted to put it at 27. It's 21 now. And so, you know, that's still a lot of money on businesses, as you just talked about a few minutes ago. are still trying to get up off the feet, off the deck after getting, you know, pummeled for the last year and a half with COVID. And so I got to tell you, it's going to be a real difficult chore to get that thing through. And on the other side, you got the Republicans just basically saying, no, we're not going to we're not going to pass any of this. We're not going to approve any of this. Um, we don't we don't believe it should happen because the deficit is big enough. We're now starting to see um, the former National Policy Council uh, head for President Clinton has been sounding the alarm about the, the fear of inflation. Um, there was a story today about it being reinforced with the consumer price index going up. There's that fear of inflation and a, and a recession. Um, and so it's going to be, they've got a, a tough couple of weeks there back in D.C. to try and figure all of this out. I don't, I don't see it happening. Yeah, one one of the things for me, one of the infuriating things for me, as they have this discussion, not just in D.C., but as we have, you know, even here in California, whenever they talk about corporations, what they forgot, what most people forget to realize is most corporations are are, are just one or two people, you know, and they and they become corp, yeah, they become incorporated because they want to make sure they protect their their personal finances yeah, from the company itself in case. You know, something goes wrong, and, and a lot of the companies that start off don't ever get off the ground after the first three to five years. And so you've got a lot of, a lot of you know, husband and wife teams that become incorporated, become a corporation by those corporation standards um, to protect their assets, to protect their family. And so, you know, this, this entire discussion is we got to raise taxes on, on corporations. Well, you're also raising them on mom and pop shops. Right. You're raising them on small businesses. You're you're raising them on on people who are trying to find a little their little niche in the business who are you know are struggling right now to, to try to get by to try to you know bring in other other clients or trying to bring in some some customers. Um, I'm sorry, some staff to end up working for the businesses. And so, you know, these are the people that are going to get hurt. I don't think I think it's going to be very difficult to try to get this you know 1.2 trillion dollar infrastructure plan. Just not just. Because of you know the the backlash that you get, obviously Republicans are not wanting to vote it. But I mean, who wants to raise taxes right now? Um, well, raise taxes at this point. I, I an article I saw, and 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 I don't usually use him as a source of quoting this Grover Norquist, um, but you know he said it, and he's absolutely right. People that vote for tax increases in this kind of environment pay the price to come the next election. And I think if you have these folks that are doing that. Uh, people, elected officials, are going to pay the price for you know in in some of these key congressional and U.S. Senate races for for voting for increased taxes. People are looking at this and saying we have spent so much money, and the difference between what happened when the pandemic 
and what happened in 2008 is so incredibly different. In 2008, we had a recession and unemployment because people didn't have money, because you know the economy went south, because there were no jobs, because that people didn't have money to spend. This pandemic wasn't that. People had jobs. People had jobs to go back to. People kept their jobs. They changed where they were doing their work. People were still getting paid. People were then getting paid government subsidy in addition to getting paid. They just didn't have money to spend. They didn't have any place to spend it. They, you know, I mean, how many times can you redo your wall? So there was no place to go. There was no vacation. There were no cars to buy. I mean, the price of cars is through the roof. The, the, the price for renting a car right now is 86% higher than it was a year ago. 86% higher to rent a car than it was a year ago. Those are the kinds of things that are going to really start hitting people in the pocketbook. If you start raising taxes on folks, they're not going to like that at all. I, I think you're going to see a huge, I think it's coming anyway. I think you're going to see a huge revolt in the, in the midterms when that happens come, come next year. Well, the other thing, like you know, any, go ahead, go ahead. Do you think like the AOC and, and their their squad or whatever they call themselves, you know, do you think they, they drag that, they drag that, uh, the Democrat side even further over to the left on it? Because well, they seem to be the ones who speak, who talk, who speak the loudest. And sometimes, you know, those who speak the loudest end up, you know, getting more of what they want. And it seems as though this is kind of what's happening. That group in there says, no, we've got the opportunity. Let's spend as much as we can, get as much as we can. Right. We'll deal with the consequences later on. Once in a generation. That's what they're saying. It's a once in a generation to decorate the, the Christmas, the social Christmas tree that they love. The person who's leading the effort on all of this, by the way, on the Democrat side, it, it, the point person is not Chuck Schumer. It's Bernie Sanders. So that should tell you right there. I mean, one of the things they put in there was free school lunches for every kid that goes to school. Every kid that goes to public school gets a free school lunch. But it's not a school lunch. It's breakfast, it's lunch, it's dinner, and it's a snack. And it's every day. And it doesn't matter the income level of the family. It's for everybody across the board. Now, I'm all for kids eating. But are they there all day? It doesn't seem that way. I mean, so it's a Christmas tree kind of thing. And they don't care. They really don't. This is their one bite at the apple to be able to try and do this. Because they know come November of next year, that opportunity isn't going to be there. And then you're into a presidential year and forget about it. Nothing's going to happen. Maybe the best thing they should try and do is, is instead of trying to pay, raise taxes, start charging $600 billion landing fees for Bezos and the other guy when they land. You know, they land, they, you know, it's like on the Jersey Turnpike. You get a ticket, you come back, you look, okay, that's $600 billion to get through the toll gate. Maybe that'll work. That way, nobody gets to pay except the big rich guys going out and having a martini up in the sky. Just a yeah, that's true. <laughs> well, Mike, uh, I think that's a uh, that's a good that's a good place to end it for for uh, as we crash this right? <laughs> Oh man, martinis on the space flight. Yes, um, it's a good, great time to end it. Uh, great place to end it for this week. Um, so maybe it's time for us to sign off and uh, just want to say, you know, thank. Thanks, thanks, Mike. It's always great uh, getting together with you, and until the next one. We look forward to talking to you again soon, folks.